Hello everyone, this is Leah Freeberg from Fluke Reliability and thank you for joining us for this best practices webinar. You probably know Fluke as a test tools provider and you may also know that we produce some of the industry's favorite reliability tools, all in yellow, from infrared cameras to vibration meters. But you may not know that some of the measurements that our tools collect now flow automatically into EAM systems of record and it happens via a framework that we call Fluke Excelix. Our goal at Fluke Reliability is to better connect asset management data and teams with asset management systems to drive connected knowledge. And of course, that knowledge depends greatly on best practices in condition-based maintenance. That's why this series of webinars explores reliability maintenance strategies, and that's why we feature speakers from a variety of expert backgrounds. But before the presentation, I have a few housekeeping items to go over. Today's session is being recorded, so your phone lines will be muted to minimize background noise. But we will be answering questions during the session and after the presentation. So take a minute now to find the questions tool in the GoToWebinar dashboard. Please feel free to submit questions as we go, and I will share as many of them as time allows for our presenter to answer. If we have unanswered questions at the end, we'll do our best to follow up. If you'd like to receive the slides from today's presentation, please let us know. There'll be a survey at the end of the session, so don't hang up until the survey appears and you've answered the question because that will trigger the slide sent to you. We're also happy to send you a certificate of attendance after today's webinar. You'll see a question on that same survey about getting a certificate, so answer yes and we'll send one to you. There will also be a recording of this webinar available on the excelix.com website within a day or two. And that's it for housekeeping. So now for the main event. Today we are so pleased to have with us Calvin Williams, a veteran continuous improvement specialist. He'll be presenting on the exponential power of daily improvement. Calvin is the founder and CEO of Improver Inc., developer of software that helps businesses grow through a culture of daily continuous improvement aligned with company strategy. He has 20 years of experience in continuous improvement and operations leadership with Fortune 100 companies such as Nestle and Mars and Tyson, the U.S. military industrial base, and most recently, as senior leader of global continuous improvement at Clorox. Calvin has delivered more than $2 billion in savings and growth opportunities for these organizations, culminating the development of Improver Inc., based near Atlanta. Calvin earned his B.S. in industrial engineering in 2004 from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and his N.B.A. in 2008. He also mentors younger manufacturing professionals and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Calvin. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Leah. It's such a privilege to be here today. This is such an on-topic uh, discussion for today. And I have to ask, since you've been doing this for decades, I would love to know what you see out there right now regarding people's approach to continuous improvement. There's been so much change in the last year. What trends do you see rising to the surface? When you say decades, it makes it sound like it was so long. Uh, <laughs> but technically, I, I guess it has been. Um, so trends and continuous improvement. I do think that uh, um, the biggest movement in CI and where I see a lot of professionals going into, and I see, thankfully, a lot, a lot of companies going into, is this trend toward uh, deliberate practice, toward uh, daily improvement is a big piece. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a place that's become near and dear to my heart, and I'm very glad and delighted that I get the opportunity to speak to you guys here today on that topic. Um, and I see, you know, companies moving away from project-based improvement to, to more uh, let's improve every day. They see that not only is it improving processes and business results, but also really shaping uh, people behavior and a culture of, of true sustaining continuous improvement. So um, I do see that as a trend, but on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, not analogous to the K-shaped recovery, you also see a lot of companies that are, that are um, kind of stuck in that project-based mindset for CI and having the the Kaizen ninjas out there leading all the projects mm -hmm. themselves and not really mm -hmm. transferring that capability into the organization. So, um, right. so yeah, uh, there's still a ton of opportunity for growth. And um, I think we're learning, we're learning through, uh, <laughs> through experimentation. Well said, that was, that was already great value. So why don't you kick it off? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the, the, uh, the very generous introduction. 
uh, I couldn't have I couldn't have done it better myself. Um, don't really have a lot to add on that front, other than um, really looking forward to speaking with you guys today. So, so let's talk about the problem. What problem? We talk about daily improvement, the exponential the exponential power of daily improvement. What problem is that really solving, right? And through my experience, and I'm sure some of you guys are seeing symptoms of this as well in in your experience, is that uh, most companies want to grow. Uh, either through acquiring new business or growing bottom line margins or whatever it is. And uh, at some point you realize that your culture, internal culture, may be restricting that growth. And uh, here's some of the symptoms you see from an inadequate improvement culture, right? One is slowness to adapt to change. And what this may be adding up to is missing sales opportunities. Um, there's a lot of macro level forces that are affecting the way we do business. There's technological disruption. There's a demographic, demographic shift. Uh, a lot of boomers are retiring. A lot of uh, Gen X or Gen uh, millennials and Gen Zers are entering the workforce. So that's driving a lot of change. And uh, just a general shift in um, going toward remote work. Of course, the pandemic sped that up quite a bit. And uh, by 2022, I think the numbers are 22, or by 2025, 22% of all all work will be remote work, right? Which is a, which is a huge macro level shift as well. So a lot of change is going to present a lot of opportunities, and uh, that slowness to change only it only causes issues for companies who can't get there. So um, second big one is is just low sense of urgency or productivity, right? And this may be contributing to lower margins um, if. Uh, if you don't have that sense of urgency, obviously uh, there's just a ton of efficiencies, opportunities that are that are missed out on. And the third thing is just apathy for quality of work. You may or may not see this around you, uh, but it does exist. Um, some managers will say that they have a, a quick and immediate response for that, but uh, we, we all know what happens, right? And, and if you're seeing spikes in customer complaints and those kind of things, it may be, maybe it could be an issue as well, right, in your organization. So when you size up the cost of the problem, the cost of having this inadequate improvement culture, right? Ultimately, it helps. Ultimately, it leads to your company falling behind in the market. Quick couple of quick stats on this: 80% of all companies who fail do so because of their inability to solve the problems that lie before them, right? 80%. It's a huge number. And what this says to you know a lot of a lot of uh, failing companies will point to outside forces, but this says no, it's not necessarily an outside force. It's your company's internal ability to address those those uh, those demands being placed on the company. Uh, Sixty-eight percent of all employees who leave leave to a lack of development opportunity. I've certainly witnessed this. Um, the, the companies I've left behind, uh, <laughs> I can say that you know, um, so there's there's a lot of stats out there that say people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. Well, I, I think that this also qualifies for bosses too. Uh, those bosses who don't invest in the development of their people um, do tend to do tend to drive people away. Last stat here, 63% of employee time is wasted due to ineffective management practices. Uh, you guys, as reliability experts and continuous improvement professionals, you already know uh, kind of where this is coming from, right? Um, huge opportunities there. Again, none of these numbers may apply directly to your organization, but uh, based on the, the, the size and magnitude here, there's a good chance that some of them do to some extent. All right, so in contrasting the traditional approach to improvement versus the daily improvement approach, uh, what daily improvement does is, is it, it accelerates learning and results. And results are really a, a byproduct of learning. So the faster you can learn, the faster you can get better and better results. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. So um, if you break down the traditional improvement cycle, many of you have seen this, it's uh you spend a quarter to uh to drive a project that you don't really learn until after that project is done right and then in, in, in uh in, with a bow on it so um, the way it usually works is the first two weeks it's like let's create this massive and complicated plan let's get all these people involved and uh all these other variables you spend two months executing this massive action plan checking all the boxes making sure everything is getting done uh bird dogging action items you guys know how that goes and then you spend the last two weeks trying to convince everybody that the project was such a huge success, right? That's that's about how it works. So um, this is a, this is a quarterly plan. You may be doing 
monthly Kaizans or even weekly Kaizans, but it generally follows this same structure. And there's a lot of inherent issues with approaching improvement in this way. The first is that since you just implemented a slug of action items and to-dos, you don't really know what worked and what didn't, even if the, even if the result was phenomenal. You can't say for sure that this one thing produced you know, 50% of the output or the 50% of the outcome, right? You just don't know because you kind of threw a slug of changes all at once. Um, and what happens is you don't get any feedback or any results until the project's done. And that could be, you know, weeks or months later. And essentially you have like a delayed learning process, right? The learning is, um, your organization is learning at a very slow pace if, if this is the way you approach improvement. The reality is you learn until after you've done, until after you do something. So uh, the idea here is to transition more of a, a daily improvement approach where uh, you're actually executing the PDCA plan, do, check, act cycle on a daily basis, right? And what that does is it's, it's a more scientific approach, in which case you are isolating each improvement, evaluating the result of each improvement, and you're you're learning practically uh, pretty much on a daily basis right so um you guys probably remember science class in uh fourth or fifth grade or whatever it was and uh the teacher said you know I want you to control all your variables change one thing at a time and then measure the output right that's a true scientific method and um, by going to a daily improvement approach you make one improvement could be a one percent improvement doesn't have to be massive every improvement doesn't have to be a home run hit uh, but just get into the habit of making some improvement every day. You in, you change one variable, you make a hypothesis, you know, what's going to happen, what do you expect to happen uh, afterward, and then you observe the, the results, right? And you do that so frequently, right? On a daily basis, essentially what's happening is uh, you're getting daily results, daily feedback, and you, you're, you're dramatically accelerating the learning process at the same time, right? You're learning daily as, as opposed to waiting a quarter to learn that your idea was a bad idea. <laughs> so, um, and as such, it creates a virtuous cycle of improvement as well, which which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second. So, um, all of us on here have, have heard of Toyota. Some of us are customers of Toyota and Toyota's famously striving for daily improvement. Um, many companies have gone out, benchmark Toyota said, hey, they're doing some great things. Let's copy what they're doing and we're gonna be successful. What they're really copying is some of the outputs of what Toyota's doing, their management system. What Toyota's truly striving for, their true north, is to engage everybody every day in driving some improvement. That's their true north. And once you're aware of that, then you now have an opportunity to beat Toyota to that true north because they haven't gotten there either, right? That's what they're, they're building those management systems as, as mechanisms to help, help encourage everybody every day daily improvement so um but you know even so even though they haven't quite gotten there they've put up some truly remarkable stats right um this is a company that was an obscure utility vehicle company back in the 80s <laughs> uh in the 70s uh we were told don't buy toyotas <laughs> but uh, by 2003 they were generating more profits than their biggest three rivals combined this is ford gm and chrysler combined right back in back in 03. Um, we got some new players on the game now, Tesla and some others. Tesla's actually recently the biggest, um, the most valuable, I think, car manufacturer on the planet now, as of, I think, last year, which is uh, really impressive as well. But they too have a, a very robust continuous improvement culture um, that we'll have to we'll have to cover that off on the next talk. But uh, return on assets in 2003, eight times higher than the industry average. Any of us on this call would 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 do a lot to get those type of results and stats, right? Um, Toyota is considered the bank of Japan with over 81 billion in cash reserves. You're a car manufacturer, but you're considered the bank of Japan because your management system and your ability to 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 outperform the market is 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 just so outstanding that um, cash is not even a thing, right? Um, so, so, so because of Toyota and what we've learned from the people who've gone and studied Toyota and some other great companies, um, practically companies across industries, we're talking healthcare, finance, education, government, you name it, uh, retail, uh, are, are currently practicing some form of continuous improvement, 
um, everybody's chasing these types of numbers, right? Uh, not everybody's chasing daily improvement. And uh, I guess what I'm suggesting here today is that perhaps we should be. All right, so I'm gonna ask a poll question. Leah's gonna help me out on conducting this, the, the actual poll. The question for you guys is, is how many process improvements per week does the average person make in your company? Leah, I'll hand it over to you. Okay, audience, you know what to do. I've got the poll options in front of you. As Calvin just asked, how many process improvements per week does the average person make at your company? You only get to select one of these. So what do you think is most reflective ideally about your company as a, as a whole, but if it wants to be about you in particular, that's fine. Is it one improvement per week, zero improvements per week, two improvements, three, or four or more? Now we've already got about 75% of the audience. You guys were not, um, you guys already had an idea here. I'm gonna give it about 10 more seconds um, and we could get a record number of audience participation in this poll. Well done. Oh boy. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna close it out and share the results. Okay, Calvin, we've got 37% of the audience saying zero improvements per week, but 45% say one improvement per week. And then 11% say two, 4% say three, and 4% say four or more. This is a very interesting spread. What do you make of that? That is a very interesting spread. You know, I, I expected it to be skewed toward the lower numbers, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised by that. Um, honestly, I thought it was going to be closer to zero or less than less than one for sure uh, to mm -hmm. be where, where the bulk of it was going to come in at. But yeah, to see uh, you know 45%, almost half, making at least one improvement per week, I would say that's certainly an improvement across <laughs> across industries uh, from from where you know what I've seen, especially early on in my career. So. Um, good stuff, man. Um, but still, I mean, I think everybody agrees here that there's a lot of opportunity for improvement still, right? Um, can you just imagine if, 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 uh, four, if half came in at four or more, <laughs> that'd be, uh, what kind of world we'd be living in right now? Right. Um, yeah, be pretty, pretty phenomenal. Well, we've talked about the intersect between reliability and continuous improvement and how the more you get into reliability, the more you realize the power of continuous improvement to make it all stick, right? Yes, so you've, absolutely. You've got the right audience here. And uh, yeah. I actually have a question for you already. Okay, good. All right. This listener would like to know, how do you measure success in processes that have a slower response, such as habits in the maintenance team? Oh, boy. That is a good question, and um, you really got to get to those leading indicators. I got a I got a general rule of thumb that says, if you can't measure it daily, then it's not a leading indicator. Mm. Um, and it may be, you know, um, I don't want to I don't want to go too far in, in suggesting what what exactly to measure. Your measure success should be dependent on your target and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. But things like, you know, uh, those sort of behavioral things that you know, are you tracking your work order time? Are you tracking your, your rinse time? Are you, um, do you have, uh, are you tracking some type of performance data on a daily basis? Um, those are like the first things. And then, and then you sort of get into uh, doing, doing, taking action against those metrics on a daily basis to drive better and better results with time. So, um, so just general rule of thumb, if, if you can't track it daily and look for those leading behavioral indicators, then it's it's not you know it's not a leading indicator at all if you can't get to a daily level. So okay. hope that and helps. Seems like the word behavior versus habit behavior is is closer to being measurable. Absolutely, absolutely, especially and and related to what we're talking about here is the behavior pattern of daily improvement. Right, uh, improvement can be made every day. It doesn't have to be a home run. It could be a one percent improvement, and that's something that could be made and tracked and measured daily. And if you can drive that specific behavior pattern, then that's how you drive the culture of continuous improvement. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think we're ready to All turn right. it back over to you. Okay, good. All right. So 
there are three important benefits of daily improvement. There's the psychological benefit where we're looking at personal growth, exponential personal growth. So it, it changes the person, the individual, the person's mindset uh, changes when they start to adopt that daily improvement behavior pattern. There's cultural benefits, we're talking organizational culture, where you're having exponential cultural development and you're entering into a virtuous cycle of improvement. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more later about this, but um, there's a there's a fact there's a, a fact of matter that uh, the 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 more you experiment, the better you understand the processes that are in your scope of responsibility that you're dealing with every day, the more effective your ideas become with time and it becomes easier to develop better and better ideas with time. So the, the more frequently you go, the, the better you get with each, each new improvement or idea. Uh, third thing here is business performance, exponential business results, right? Uh, simple math, simple algebra, right? A 1% improvement every day uh, to the 365th uh, power equals 38 times better results in just one year. I don't know many companies putting up those kind of numbers, but the, but those who do, you bet you better believe that they have a rigorous uh, improvement culture in place to to get there. So, um, all right, so let's break that down a little further. Let's talk about daily improvement for the self. Okay. All right. Uh, the first item here uh, forms a habit of of ha uh, forms a habit and routine of improvement. Okay, this goes back to the, the question from just a moment ago. We as intellectual beings, we like to think that all of our actions are driven by close analysis and conscious uh, deliberate decision making, but turns out that a good chunk of them, almost half of them, of our actions from a day-to-day -day basis are truly a force of habit. And the reality is that uh, the greatest force in human nature is the force of habit. So. Uh, Quick stat here, 43% of everyday actions are enacted habitually while people are thinking about something else. Essentially what we do, 43% uh, of what we do is second nature. The goal with daily improvement, what, what uh, driving for daily improvement does is it makes the process of improving processes second nature. And once you've gotten that, then you've got a true personal transformation for an individual. Another stat here, increases engagement at work, and we talk about engagement, we're talking about ownership, we're talking about uh, accountability, all those great things that come with, you know, becoming one with, uh, with your work, right? 59% uh, of engaged employees say that the job brings out their most creative ideas compared to just 3% of employees who are disengaged. People who are disengaged uh, are not inspired by their work, right? It's what that's ultimately saying. Um, when it's your idea, you tend to take more ownership. When it's your baby, you do a better job raising it, right? Um, and that's that's ultimately what it's getting to. And with daily improvement, you're almost put into a a situation where you're you feel pressure to come up with that next idea every day, and not just create ideas, but implement them, right? Uh, work with the people, work with the resources around you, and implement those ideas. And when it's your idea, and you did the legwork to make it to bring it to life. You, regardless of what your job title is, feel more ownership in making it successful, right? And that's ultimately what that's getting to. Last item here, accelerates experimentation and learning. And this, this piece, as I said before, results as a byproduct of learning, right? The more, the, the, say, uh, there's, a, there's an expression that says, if you knew better, you do better, right? So um, the, the Canadian military did a a really robust study. I actually have a PDF for it. I can share it with you guys. Uh, Leah, if you, if, you, if you can help me with that, for those who are interested, I can share it. 50% uh, reduction in time for learning critical skills when students report with students reporting more enjoyable experience, right? Um, and accelerated learning is essentially um, more rapid experimentation, rapid experimentation with the help of a coach. A coach is a key player in that too. So, um, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, but um, yeah, not only are you learning faster, but as you're learning faster, you're getting better business results, better results, better outcomes. And at the same time, you enjoy it more, right? It's, uh, it's one of those things I can look back at the, uh, in my life, uh, at a time when I, when I did things that I did not know was doable, <laughs> that I did not realize, uh, I could do. And it was at a time when I had that, that, that kind of environment where 
I could experiment a lot as an athlete, uh, track athlete in high school and college is, 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 is kind of what I'm referring to. Um, I can experiment a lot, I could change things a lot. Uh, and then I also had a great coach who, who helped me, you know, help keep me honest <laughs> along the way. So um, certainly that rapid experimentation, rapid learning model is, is uh, you win all the way around. It's, it's all right. Um, so a little bit more on that, that middle point of engagement, ownership, creativity, right? Uh, I assume you guys have seen this or something similar, left brain versus right brain activity, where left brain is like uh, logic, reason, you know, processing, knowledge is structured. Uh, as an engineer, you know, we're, we're rewarded for more left brain activity, <laughs> more so. Um, and that's, that, that kind of work is extremely important, right? When you get hired, this is, this is uh, a lot of times, especially in manufacturing operations environments, this is what they're hiring you for, to execute, right? And this is the side that executes. However, the right brain is where things like creativity, imagination, uh, innovative ideas, uh, transformational thinking, right? Uh, these all happen on the right brain. What happens for a lot of us when we go into work Unfortunately, and it depends on company culture, is we're we're told, hey, bring your left brain to work and leave your right brain at home. And what people, I think, what people underestimate is the importance of the right brain in a continuous improvement environment. It's the the importance of coming up with great, really great ideas and being creative with the constraints that you have in front of you. A lot of people look at, you know, we're a regulated space, so we can't do continuous improvement. We're, you know, we got a lot of financial prop, you know, pressures. We got quality. Quality is to this or that, and that's why we can't do continuous improvement as well, right? Um, you name it. Um, the reality is that those constraints actually make you more creative. And the reason I say that is because you gotta go further to find good ideas than somebody who does not have those constraints. So you actually have an opportunity to push the boundaries on creativity. It takes a more creative person to innovate in that environment than uh, a less creative person who can't, who just can't get to good ideas in that environment. So um, when you're practicing daily improvement, you're essentially activating the dormant, what might be dormant right brain in every employee in the company, everybody every day. In which case, you're, you're essentially doubling your brain trust within the company. You're doubling your intellectual capacity <laughs> within the company by by practicing daily improvement and activating that right brain. So you go from incremental progress to breakthrough progress at that stage, right? All right, let's talk about daily improvement as it relates to creating a better culture. So we talked a little bit about, you know, what it does for the individual where um, you, you're, you're creating a new mindset, you're, you're developing the routine, the behavior pattern, um, just imagine doing that at enterprise scale, though, where everybody is on that on a similar improvement journey, right? And I'll start with a quote, a quote from Mike Rother. This is one of my favorite quotes from him. Any organization's competitiveness, ability to adapt, and culture arise from the routines and habits by which the people in the organization conduct themselves every day. It is an issue of human behavior. How powerful is that? I mean, we like to think that Continuous improvement is all about the tools. You know, we got 5S going on. We got value stream maps going on. What Mike is suggesting, and the reason, you know, um, Mike's, Mike essentially is one of the guys who went back to Toyota to figure out, okay, everybody's trying lean and, and, and a lot of people are failing at it. What is Toyota doing differently? They went back and they studied this and said that, dang, you know, Toyota does a lot toward shaping human behavior and they really do a lot toward striving for daily improvement and that's what i think the original you know benchmarkers of the toyota production system missed the first time around and they're going back and saying snap this is huge right this this was this is the piece that makes it work is is driving for action daily action all right so what it does for the organization though is it conditions the company to embrace change a company that never changes is probably never going to get good at changing <laughs> so uh, by by driving a faster rate, greater frequency of improvement, you're actually training and conditioning people to embrace change. I mentioned some 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 large uh, macro level forces that are changing the way we do business today. That's affecting everybody. 
And the, those that are more agile, those that are, are more accustomed to changing are gonna, gonna handle those situations a lot better. Uh, second here, creates an environment where failure is defined as not trying. If everyone in the company is on that daily improvement journey, one of the first things you wanna do for everyone is say, here's where you are, Calvin, you're at four, you need to get to 10. And it's up to you to figure out what changes or what process improvements need to be made to, to, to close the gap between four and 10. And um, yeah, essentially it's like, if, if, we're, if I'm having a daily check-in with my manager or a weekly check-in and the number's stuck at four and it stays at four and I'm not making the effort to get to five or six or seven, then that's a, that, becomes a, that becomes the definition of failure is not trying. Where in a lot of cultures, Failure is defined as, oh, you had a bad idea, it didn't work, you failed, right? That's actually a uh, detrimental culture or, or management approach, tech, uh, management tactic. Uh, or people see, you know, you know, blocking other people's improvements. You know, I, that was a bad idea and I shut it down. They see that as a, as a, as a success, right? So uh, that's another example of a, of a cultural component that's probably not conductive to truly get to that, that uh, true daily improvement culture. So um, here you're, you're defining success as somebody who's trying, and if you trust the process, trying will ultimately lead to success, uh, successful results, uh, good results. Um, encourages proactive effort toward the company's vision. Again, if everybody's got a, 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 a target condition that is aligned with the company's vision, right? Uh, a lot of companies are just waiting for a problem to happen, and then they go attack that problem, or waiting for some type of failure or near failure, failure before they take action. What, what Daily Improvement is doing is saying, um, you know, as a company, this is the vision for the company. This is where we're trying to go. Uh, again, you're at four, we need to get to 10. And if you can't get to 10, of course, the company can't get to wherever it's going, 100, wherever it is. Everybody has to play their role. What it does is it just creates a proactive journey, continuous improvement journey for the individual. And, and, and you're doing this at enterprise scale, which, which is moving everyone forward toward that vision in a systematic and proactive way, as opposed to being entirely reactive. Last piece develops a virtuous cycle of improvement. As I mentioned before, ideas, you know, when you're new to a company and you come up with ideas, most likely they're gonna be bad ideas, right? You just haven't done enough, you haven't seen enough cycles, you just don't know enough, right? When your improvement cycles are slow, right? You're gonna have bad ideas for a longer period of time, right? In your Within your experience at the company. Um, but when, you're, when your improvement cycles are rapid, when your experimentation cycles are rapid, you learn the truth about your process and about yourself and about the culture and about the organization at a much faster pace. In which case, given time, if you continue to be persistent and keep continuing to experiment rapidly, you, you, you start to learn the truth at a lot faster pace, in which case that truth filters into your, your ability to come up with really good ideas. So, um, so what happens is, uh, you get better, right? You get better at improving, and um, and you do have more successful ideas, and you're rewarded for that success, which feeds back into wanting to create more ideas, which are then successful, which are then rewarded, which feeds into more great ideas. So um, this is what I mean by the virtuous cycle of more improvement, right, and more rapid improvement. And you can only imagine the impact of this if it's if it's happening at happening at enterprise scale, right? It could be phenomenal uh, in terms of the rate of improvement. This is where Toyota is, and people go and benchmark Toyota, and they're already way down the line on that virtuous cycle. And people expect, oh, we're just going to jump in where they're where they are by copying their tools, right? No, there's a cultural, a whole grassroots cultural transformation that's required to to build speed and build that momentum to where your ideas are as good or better than theirs, right? And you're, you, you, can, you can beat them in the game. All right, so let's talk daily improvement for better business results. Let's go back to the algebra, right? Now, the title of this presentation, the, pow the exponential power of daily improvement comes from this first point, this the 1% every day rule, right? And the rule is if you get 1% better every day, that's one, that's 0 0.01 raised to the 365th power. That it gets you 37.7 times better at the end of a year, right? Um, like I say, there's a lot of companies that are saying they're doing continuous improvement, but very few can say that they're putting up those kind of numbers, right? If you, if you were, 
um, we would all know about that because it's it's pretty remarkable, right? It's an outstanding achievement. Um, and it's aspirational for, for not only Toyota and the best companies out there, Apple, uh, Amazon, uh, Tesla, uh, but it's but it's in the effort of striving toward that. You, you you aim for the stars, at least you land on the cloud. This is this is where this is where the game is going. Daily improvement produces the ultimate competitive advantage. Quote from Jeff Bezos, there are two kinds of companies, those who work to, to charge more and those who work to charge less will be the second one. Now that's a business strategy for Amazon as a retail company. Uh, prices vary, uh, especially consumer consumer retail prices, uh, hugely uh, competitive. Um, not every company has a race to the bottom type of strategy, but I think it speaks to their relentless pursuit of improvement and uh, more rapid improvement and ultimately daily improvement everybody every day improvement so um yes ultimately if, if you're improving every day and if you got everybody improving every day who can keep up with you right they just can't keep up with your speed and momentum the last piece is systematic perpetual improvement quick quote from taichi ono if, for those of you who don't know taichi is regarded as the godfather of lean and continuous improvement although he didn't call it lean and I don't know if he called it CI either, uh, Kaizen probably, but uh, he's the guy who essentially created the Toyota production system and drove it into reality. And believe it or not, he met just the same kind of resistance that we all meet when we're trying to create that CI culture. So quick quote from him, something is wrong if workers do not look around each day, find things that are tedious or boring, then rewrite their procedures. Even last month's manual should be out of date. Now, a lot of you guys have standards in place, standard procedures in place, probably a big thick book of standards somewhere, maybe a big uh, hard drive somewhere with with all the, the standard documents in place. And uh, if your experience is like mine, I've seen places where uh, those standards have been updated for years, right? And you're bringing new people in, you're walking them through those standards and they, you know, they just, they're ancient, right? Um, what Taichi is hitting at is something key is if you're truly driving that daily improvement culture you should be changing those standards every day right you can uh you shouldn't be blowing dust off of them every time you open them up and that's that's a lot of administrative but um you can almost measure the the quality or the the effectiveness of your continuous improvement culture by how frequently you're updating those standards and if they're never getting updated you should be asking some serious questions about what's really going on right um so all right others thought that was a great point all right uh Leah, did you want to you want to interject yeah. Is, are there more questions we want to throw in there now? are there are a couple of questions and uh, they really they really uh tee into what some of the points you've been making there the Good. first one here is how do you overcome management emphasis to rely on experts to drive improvements as opposed to getting everyone involved Wow, uh, that is a powerful question. Isn't <laughs> it's it? A, it's, a it's a tough one. Uh, ultimately, it's it's show and prove, right? And uh, sometimes you're not going to get management support. There's a there's a there's sort of a subculture in the the Kata Toyota Kata community. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, the Toyota Toyota Kata community is a very robust and active community. Lots of professionals who just love this daily improvement concept uh, with coaching and all that. Um, but there's a subculture that practice kata in the darkness, right? Almost in the closet because they can't get leadership support for driving improvement. Um, but ultimately, it's 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 being almost an entrepreneur within a company and seeing an opportunity, uh, taking steps to uh, develop your idea, um, working with the people you can work with to to drive the improvement. Um, getting the folks who are close to the problem involved and have them engaged in driving the improvement, and then packaging, then getting the results, of course, and then packaging those results in a way that leaders will understand. Um, even better if you can tie what you improved to the thing that they are on the hook for improvement, the thing that they're losing sleep over, right? If it's if it's driving out costs, if you can say, hey, we did this approach. Here's what it costed us to do it, and here's what benefited the business. This is a repeatable model. We can do this over and over and over and over with just the people we got here. Um, 
I think it becomes difficult for leaders to say, oh crap, we need to go hire McKinsey for $300,000 a month to do lesser, take your watch and give it to you, <laughs> uh, lesser than what we can do ourselves for you know, just the, the, the time that we're already paying people to be here and work. So um, I think there's, you know, there's certainly a business case. I think it takes some some business acumen, some savvy to 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 do it, get the results. Uh, maybe you do it a couple times even, and then present that package of the business case package to those leaders to show, hey, there's a better way to do what you need done as a leader. So, yeah. And amazingly, I think you just answered the next question, which oh, was, okay. can you implement it at the team level, or does it have to be top down? Yes, the answer is yes. Uh, you can start anywhere. Um, you can start if you're if you're an operator running a packaging machine. You can you can start right. You can go through the process. Um, there's a lot of in a there's a lot of things, infinite amount of things. Depends on how creative you are, really. That's what it comes to uh, that a person just loading bags onto a machine can do to improve uh, improve the way the process works, right? Um, so yeah, it, it's in you know, our company Improver has a has a U in the middle, I-M-P-R-U-V-E-R. And that's why the U is there is because mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to, you don't have to wait on other people to start thinking and developing ideas that work within your scope of responsibility. You can start, you can start the chain that leads to an entire cultural transformation within your company, right? It can start mm -hmm. with you and it's, and it should if necessary. All right, I've got another really good one for you, and I told you this audience is awesome, all right? Yes, yeah, sounds like it. In creating the environment where failure is not trying, right, like you were talking about, don't yeah. you need clear targets and boundaries? Because otherwise, won't people try stuff that's not aligned with the overall strategy? Yes, they will. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is inevitable. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, going back to the last question, it helps a ton if leadership is on board. It helps mm -hmm. a ton if strategy is effectively cascaded. Helps mm -hmm. a ton if those targets are cascaded and aligned from the top down. That's in an ideal state, that's what you would get. Um, in a sub ideal state, what you may have to do is sit down yourself with those leaders, those people who you want to have your back in this effort if things go south. <laughs> and you have a candid conversation with them. Hey, what are you losing sleep over? What's the most important thing to improve right now, right? And get that, get that box checked, and uh, sort of, sort of see if you can earn their sponsorship early on, and then, and then get started. Um, it's not, it's not advisable to, to start making improvements in a direction that's not in line with the direction the company's really trying to go. Um, that could be a form of waste in itself, although. And please don't take this as me encouraging you to just go do this. But although <laughs> by doing something, you're you're improving yourself and your own ability to to improve and your own understanding of the process around you. By taking any action, you start the learning process. So there's value there. But uh, I would certainly take the precaution to 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 build sponsorship and uh, and get you know make sure you're aligned with where where the company's truly trying to go. Got one more question. I'm gonna slide in here. Um, and audience, you're doing a great job. Keep the questions coming. But this one's aligned what we've just been talking about. So we'll we'll sneak this one last in here. Good. Do you recommend setting targets for the metrics that are the eventual goal, or setting lower but more attainable goals, which increase over time to meet the eventual goal? The latter. Um, the latter. So yeah, the eventual goal is usually a big time lagging indicator, and mm -hmm. Your your target condition. Uh, if, you, if you guys haven't studied Improvement Kata, uh, this book by Mike Rother, I, I would encourage you to pick it up. But there's a ton of content on uh, Improvement Kata, and the process is, you know, first you define the challenge. It's like as a as an organization, what are we trying to accomplish? Try to scope it to you know one year, eighteen months time frame, um, depending on the, the the industry and how speed how fast the industry moves. Uh, the second step is to to kind of really assess and understand your current condition, like what's really happening. You know, where are we relative to that that future vision? Mm -hmm. uh, the third step is to set a target condition, right? And I think you're speaking to target condition. Mm -hmm. And the target condition, like for somebody new at this, I would say set a target that you can achieve within a week, but it needs to be in the direction of that bigger challenge, right? Um, give me a target you can achieve within a week and let's start making some incremental improvements toward that target condition. 
Now there's a difference between a target, meaning we need to produce 100,000 units, that would be a target, right? We've got a number we're trying to hit, and a target condition. And a target condition might sound more like, we need to produce 10,000 units every day, or at least 10,000 units every day, right? And what makes it a condition is that it's a repeatable, uh, repeatable target, essentially. It's something you can observe every day. It forces you to create a level of reliability. Like if I say at least 10,000 every day, then I know if I produce 8,000 one day, I failed, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's you know, and uh, it gets it gets you down to a, a shorter term uh, where you can observe more frequently, right? And I like to get down to the daily level, right? For daily improvement, you kind of got to get to the daily level of observation. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so that's uh, that's my thought there. Any other questions? I think we're going to roll back to you and uh because I know you got a couple more thoughts to pass on. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um I think we'll have some more Q&A at the end there so mm -hmm. All right. Um to be to be candid with you guys uh getting, you know, how do you do daily improvement? It's not hard to do, honestly. It's not <laughs> doing it and knowing how to do it is not the hard part. The hard part is the discipline that comes with it. And that's the part that people struggle with. Just like people struggle with sticking to a, a a workout plan or or a diet or something like that it's the discipline required to to keep going right um to make a one percent improvement one day is easy anybody can walk out and see a one percent improvement at any any point in time right uh look around you in the room you're in you can see a one percent improvement um that's not hard to do and it's not hard to implement that one percent improvement what's difficult is doing it daily right and sticking to it 365 days a year or more right that's the hard part um, so quick and easy process for daily improvement, assign improvement targets per employee and measure results daily. Um, everybody needs to know what their individual true north is, should be aligned with the company's true north, of course, and then measure daily. How did you do every single day? What improvement are you going to make today? Everybody should have a good answer to that question. Uh, the second one is provide the tools and the resources. The reason this is second, a lot of companies start here, right? They start with the tools. I'm gonna teach everybody 5S and we're doing we're doing lean, right? I'm gonna teach everybody value stream mapping and boom, we're doing lean. No, it's not it's not it. Uh, you start with the targets. You start with the direction. What is the direction of improvement? Which way should we go, right? Um, working on um, working on your jump shot does not necessarily make you the best car manufacturer. <laughs> you may you may be better at shooting jump shots, but if you're making cars and you need to make more cars, your jump shots is probably not gonna help you. So Focusing on the right things to improve is important. Then provide the right tools. And the third thing, and, and I can't under, I can't overstate the importance of this, is coaching. Uh, coach to accelerate the learning and transformation, right? And the ideal coach for any person in the company is their immediate manager. Unfortunately, the reality is that many managers are not great coaches. They don't have coaching capability. They are better at directing telling people what to do than they are at coaching and helping people find their own solutions and solve their own problems. So there is a there is an, the, certainly a coaching capability gap among leaders that needs to be closed. Um, and there are external resources as there's tons of external coaches. I mentioned the Kata community, very passionate community about this kind of thing. Tons of coaches there um, that can provide external support until you build the internal capability. Uh, but um, like I said before, um, the greatest things I've accomplished in my personal life and my career has been with the aid of good coaches. I have several coaches now. Sometimes I feel like I have too many coaches, but uh, but but I have them and I know the value that they bring me. And uh, I welcome the challenge that they present to me because because um, me alone, I, you know, I would do a lot, but I could do a lot more with with them. So. Um, just a tip, those closest to the problems are also closest to the best solutions, the most feasible, most sustainable, most reliable solutions. Get the people closest to the problem involved and then provide them the coaching to, to help them build the discipline of daily improvement. There are ton, there's, there's a bunch of tools and resources to help achieve daily improvement. Um, as I mentioned, uh, you know, there are some communities out there like the Kata community. They do KataCon conferences. Actually, uh, I just spoke at one just last month on on um, enterprise daily improvement. Uh, there are softwares out there to help drive daily improvement. Um, Improver's one of them. Improver's probably the most targeted right at daily improvement. There are several continuous improvement softwares out there, but uh, Improver's like 
this is it, right? This is what we do. We don't we don't mess around with the other stuff. Um, and what these softwares can provide though is some really some really nice tools to accelerate the journey. Uh, they can automate a lot of aspects, uh, administrative aspects. Um, doing daily improvement does have some administration, collecting data, you know, documenting your improvements, uh, your experiments, um, checking off action items, following up with people. You know, some of those things can be automated, and some of these some of the better software tools can help you do that automatically. Um, and the other other side of that. Um, is the coaching to speed things up, right? Uh, the way I look at it is the the software systems are like a gym membership. It's like you got access, you got the equipment, but you got to get off, you got to get up, and you got to go exercise, right? You, you got it's on your own willpower. I look at the coaching to speed things up like a fitness coach, right? You said you'd be here Monday at eight. You need to be here Monday at eight, and if you if you're not here, I'm gonna be the one to hold you accountable, right? Uh, you're like 90, 90 something percent more likely to be successful with a coach than you are without one, right? Um, and there's a couple of accelerator program programs out there, um, and what they do is essentially is uh, help you help you generate better business results at a much faster pace. Obviously, going from weekly or monthly or you know quarterly improvement to daily improvement, you're going to see much results much faster. You're going to learn much faster. Um, you'll achieve daily improvement in less time. Um, going from weekly improvement to daily improvement is a process of acceleration. <laughs> so uh, it certainly helps uh, to, to participate in a program like this. And then uh, some of them offer certification as well, where you can become a certified coach and then you can coach others to do to do a similar thing. So um, our company, Improver, actually offers both of these. And this is this is what um, here's 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 some examples of companies that uh, that we are you know, using the Improver platform and the Accelerator platform to drive improvement, they're already seeing some pretty phenomenal results, right? I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, WTI, World Technology Ingredients, small manufacturer right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. They, after 90 days of uh, of using um, daily improvement, they were, they produced a 97% increase in production output, right? Uh, this is a company that were using they were using whiteboards and spreadsheets and print forms and all this other stuff to do CI. Um, they really couldn't get a sense of what their biggest losses were um, using those methods. And then they um, they actually started using software to do it, Improver software to do it. And uh, Improver sort of fed everybody a, a par uh, Pareto of downtime by reason code and things like that. And then, and then uh, it sort of led them to a process of, all right, let's take the biggest the biggest factor down loss factor that we have efficiency loss and then let's start driving daily improvement against that one and we're going to set a target to drop that to to less than five percent of total downtime right um that was their target condition and uh they essentially led a campaign it took them you know uh just shy of 90 days to do it and by the end of it they had engaged you know practically half of their operations resources because this was just one side of uh, one side of their business one of their main production areas and uh they came up with their own ideas they executed their own ideas and by the end of it they were practically double they had doubled their production output in about um and also reduced to from three shifts down to two in the process so uh incredible outcome for them uh some of their biggest individual improvements were uh in between batches, this was a batch operation. In between batches, it was just taking a a long time to get the next batch up and running. Uh, they figured out how to internalize a lot of uh, the activities associated with that that changeover period, right? So, um, preparing for the next batch, they started doing that before the previous production run stopped running, right? So, during during the run, they they were able to get that. Um, just the way they were reporting performance, the way they tracked performance, the way they did their gimbal walks, they made. Uh, changes to show you know um every day what were the biggest downtime factors and let's let's uh uh what exactly is being done so they incorporated the the daily improvement kata into their gimbal walk and they had their their leads driving uh that coaching conversation uh to the shop floor so um yeah it was a pretty phenomenal experience and you can you can only imagine what it did from a cultural standpoint going from all right the consultants are going to come in and fix us to no we trust you that you can fix this and here's your target and let me know how, what I can do to support you in that effort. Uh, Sun Basket, 50% reduction in changeover times. Uh, Brook and Whittle, 56% reduction in overproduction. Right, this is a major material cost uh, reduction. 
uh, Peak Risex. Um, they have a big program. They're actually a technology company, and they have a big uh, FedEx program that they have, one of their biggest accounts, uh, biggest uh, gross margin accounts as well, 126% increase in production capacity. Uh, associated Materials, this is another great one. 55% um, increase in maintenance wrench time reporting. Jim Van Tygum, he was the CMMS manager uh, for for the company, and uh, he saw across their five plants that uh, the the use of their CMMS system just was not where they wanted it to be. So uh, he did the accelerator. He set a target and said, "We're going to get this up above 90%." Uh, he led a series of improvements. He had to change the way. Uh, People access the system, the software system. He created, you know, added more devices where, to the point of use where uh, where the mechanics would be. Um, he uh, did some training programs, just a bunch of stuff. Uh, created a mechanism for leaders to follow up when when uh, when they saw gaps in in in, in reporting, and uh, made it easier for people to re report or, or submit work orders that were completed and how much time they spent on those work orders. So. A ton of great improvements came from that. I think he had probably 15 or 16 improvements over a three or four week period. And um, the results were, were, were phenomenal for them as well. All right, second poll question. Again, I'm gonna ask the question and I'll let Leah take it from there to run the poll. Question is, how much opportunity do you see for daily improvement within your workplace? All right, Leah, you got it. I think the audience has it, and I bet they're gonna answer this just as fast as they did the first time. So having uh, absorbed all of this information from Calvin now, how much opportunity do you see for daily improvement, daily improvement in your workplace? Is it a significant amount of opportunity, a medium amount, a small amount, or you're not sure, not sure yet, don't know, it's not applicable, okay? And we're gonna close this one out a little bit faster so that we can make sure we get to the last couple of pieces of information here. So I'm gonna give it another 10 seconds and I'm gonna share these results out with everybody. So Calvin, we've got 57% of the audience saying they see significant opportunity for, for daily improvement. 28% say that they see a medium amount of opportunity for daily improvement. 14% say they see small percent, a small amount of opportunity and only 1% say don't know or not applicable. So well done. Wow. Yes. Okay. So That's just looking at the fire. first two, right? Yeah. Almost 60 and 30 basically. So 90%, almost 90% in, you know, uh, maybe like 85% within the first two high and moderate. So yeah, I think that says a lot. Um, I think we got our work cut out for us, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. You want to yeah. show your last likes? I know you've got some resources for people. I do. I do. Um, all right. So, so that's 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 the end of the talk. Um, thank you guys so much. It's been a, a, a great pleasure of mine to talk about this. As you could probably imagine, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm really happy to get a chance to do this. If you want to get a hold of me to talk more, learn more, um, I'm a great listener. Love to listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can reach me this way. Here's my phone number. Uh, email's probably best, calvin.williams at improver.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me there and keep up with what we're doing uh, or reach me in general, that's a great way to do it. If you want to learn more about Improver and how to use either our software system or Accelerator to help build that cultural culture of daily uh, continuous improvement, everybody, every day, you can find us at www.improver.com. And uh, I encourage you all, um, not just for the sake of your business, but for, for your own sake, to, to join the Accelerator and, uh, and reach a, a Accelerate to daily improvement within 30 days. I love what you said about the larger Kata community. What was the name of the book that you recommended again by Mike Roth? It, was, it is Toyota Kata. Um, there's Toyota Kata and there's a couple others, actually. Um, there's um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, right. which is also a great one. Uh, right. There's Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg, which is also a great one. And there's Peak by Anders Ericsson. Uh, the, the Secret Science of uh, Developing Expertise is, a, is another great one. So, um, but Toyota Kata is probably the you know, most direct hit for, for this content. 
fantastic. I think you've answered uh, at least part of a lot of the questions that came in, but uh, we'll get you those questions afterward and we can follow up with you audience. At this point, I'm gonna have Calvin roll on to the next slide because yep. I want to make sure that people see what's coming up next. One more, if you would. All right, on April 21st, we're going to be joined by Blair Frazier from UE Systems. And he'll be talking about the insights you get into bearing health by using ultrasonic analysis. So kind of a 360 from today's talk, but I know this audience and I know that um, you're gonna be interested in what Blair has to share here. So his quote is that when both friction and impact monitoring with ultrasound get combined with real-time data collection, we can uncover the signs of a bearing asking for health. So check the Excelix website for more information on Blair's session. And then if you'll forward one more time, this is a reminder to stay online for a minute after I close the webinar, because after a pause, you'll see that survey link appear and we really appreciate your feedback. So complete the survey, then we'll send you the, the um, PowerPoint slides and we'll get your questions over to Calvin, okay? So everyone who completes the survey gets a copy of the presentation. If you want a certificate, that'll trigger that as well. And then the recorded webinar will be available on excelx.com within a day or two. I know some folks said they had joined late, no worries, that recording will be up there and you can re-listen uh, to the beginning and to the parts that you uh, want to think on some more. So that concludes today's presentation. Thank you for joining us, Calvin. This was awesome. Such a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. You guys are a delight to work with, by the way. This is my second year doing it and uh, it gets better every year, it seems like. Well, continuous improvement, right on. I'll have to take it to the <laughs> daily level though, right? <laughs> all right. There you go. I love it. Thank you. Thank you everyone for attending and we'll see you next time. And again, thank you, Calvin, very much. Thank you. You guys have a great day.